hello and welcome once again to Raging and Eating. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of the Raging Skillet in New York, bleep, 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 bleep city. I gotta put those bleeps in there because you know what I'm thinking. Anyway, how are ya? How are ya? So here we are. As June is leaking right into July, did you have a fabulous gay pride? You can have a fabulous gay pride whether or not you're gay. I gotta say, I went to the gay pride parade this year and I saw more straight people there than gay people and they were having the time of their life. I gotta say, my favorite thing to see were the tourists who had gone into a store shopping and somehow did not realize it was gay pride. And then they came out of the store and saw a seven-foot-tall drag queen walk by, and they're just like, whoa. And of course, they all took out their cameras right away. They were having a good old time. So whether you're gay or straight or tall or short or whatever your deal is, there's no reason not to have a good old time on gay pride. And this year, I actually went to something that happens in New York the day before Gay Pride, which is technically unsanctioned, sort of illegal-ish, but everyone knows about it and all the cops know about it and it's in the news and it's been going on for years. And that is the day before Gay Pride in New York comes the Dyke March. That's right, D-Y-K-E, Dyke March. And no, we don't feel insulted by the word. We feel empowered by it. And it tends to be a lot of loud, often raunchy, a hell-raising kind of, you know, babes. What can I say? You know, a lot of the women um, march with uh, no top on, with just like a Band-Aid, kind of covering up the illegal parts. I mean, it gets pretty wild. Uh, And I dragged my girlfriend, Lila, and our two wonderful friends that we met in Florida who we love, Luna and Gina. Shout out to you girls. And so we did some marching. And for the occasion, I wanted to make a sign. I mean, not some million dollar sign. I just took a couple of pieces of paper, stapled them together, got out four or five colored magic markers, and I made a sign. And on one side of the sign, I wrote, la, 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 lesbian. I always hated that word, by the way. It just always bothered me. Libesian sounds better. Gay woman sounds better. Dyke even sounds better. But to me, lesbian always sounded like some sort of a yeast infection. I never liked it. But claiming it, anyway. But on the other side, which was the side I was going to be really showing off, I wrote something, a sign that I made up, or I thought I made up, but I once saw someone else hold the sign too, so I guess maybe it's universal, but as far as I was concerned, I made it up, which just said, Viva la Volva. Short, simple, to the point. I gotta say, that sign got so much attention. I think over the weekend, I must have been photographed with my sign like 18 times. Oh, they didn't give a hoot about me. They totally, I could see by the way the camera was pointing. They were decapitating me and just focusing on the sign. But listen, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. You got to get used to it. Used to be I could stop traffic, mostly because they were afraid of me. Now they just want to photograph my sign. Whatever. I think it was still a great sign. So 
it was a, it was an odd gay pride for me, as you know if you've been listening to my show, because gay pride this year fell on the one-year anniversary of the death of my sister Yaya. And I'm just starting to accept the possibility that it really happened. Certainly a long period of denial. I mean, losing a sibling, if you're listening to me and you've lost a sibling, you know it's a very strange and surreal thing. For me, it's my greatest witness. The person who was there for all of the shenanigans I've rolled my entire life, including crap that I did when I was one and two and three years old, you know? So it was hard at first to comprehend even going out for pride. But what I remember very loudly, literally, about my sister was that even though she wasn't gay, she loved gay pride. Oh my God, she loved it. She was always like, take me to pride, duty, take me to pride. That's her nickname for me. Doesn't mean poo-poo. It was a more affectionate thing, so don't go there. And we did go to Pride in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And she hooted and hollered and screamed and yelled at every drag queen that passed by and every lesbian that passed by. She had something to say to everyone. She just loved it. Thinking about it now, I think it's like my sister always felt like an outsider. Wherever we lived, we moved around a lot as a kid. She always felt like an outsider, I think, her whole life. And maybe on Gay Pride, she felt like everyone there was an outsider. And so for once, she was an insider. That's my own personal theory. I think a lot of people feel that way. So Yaya, this Gay Pride was certainly for you. And I love you and I miss you. So yes, there I was with my Viva La Volva sign. My favorite moment of Pride was there was an older Latin woman she was smart enough, her and her older Latin woman Amiga friend, got some folding chairs and set up shops so everyone else had to stand and after a while your feet are hurting, your back is hurting. They were all comfy in their folding chairs. But she didn't like to get up very much because she was comfy. But she turned and she looked at me and she saw my sign and she said in this heavy Latina accent, que, mira, que, que, what, what that, what vulva, what that? I'm doing a bad job of imitating her accent, but basically, what the hell does vulva mean? So she didn't speak English. I was trying to figure out how to answer her. I, I thought about sort of pantomiming my crotch, but that seemed a little vulgar. But then I remembered that I do, in fact, know, um, because I work in a kitchen, so I know all sorts of colorful Spanish. I do, in fact, know the word she's thinking. So I said, chocha, vulva is chocha. And so she went, ah, she started laughing hysterically. She said, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh my God, she's still laughing. Three blocks away, I could still hear her laughing. I think that she will not stop talking about that for years to come. So I fully expect to see my little Viva La Volva sign on the news all over the place. And if you see it, shoot me an email and let me know. Anyway, but now Pride is kind of past, or well, it's still June as I'm taping this, but not June as you're listening to this. Um, no, actually, it'll still be June as you listen to it, so not quite past. But it is time to think about July, officially summer, the 4th of July, and the whole shebang. 
I always, always, always want to see the fireworks on the 4th of July. It's just my favorite thing. And I have so much trouble getting to see the friggin' fireworks. Last year, luckily, I was on a roof of a hotel in New York, and I was able to see the fireworks. That was pretty cool. And I had family with me, and it was all pretty cool. This year, I'm not quite sure where I'm going to be, but I am going to damn well see the fireworks. I love them. They get me so excited. I'm really jazzed up. So I don't know if you're a sucker for fireworks like I am, but it's just I feel like a little kid around fireworks. Anyway, so here we are thinking summer. Summer is just I love summer. I always love summer. For some reason, even though we lived in the best place in the world to be in the summer, which is the Jersey Shore. I mean, back in the 70s, I got to say the Jersey Shore really was not the best place to be in the winter or really kind of the rest of the year as far as I was concerned. But in the summer, best place to be in the world. So naturally, my parents would drag us to Panama City, Florida for the entire summer, which is the single most horrible thing you can do to your children. Here we are all excited to be jumping in the ocean and enjoying Jersey Shore in the summer and Asbury Park and the rides and Belmar. No, they schlep us to Panama City, Florida, the Redneck Riviera, where it was so hot in the summer that I once just to see what would happen. I put a frying pan on these metal steps outside our bungalow and I put an egg in it. And do you know that friggin' egg actually cooked? I'm serious. Later on, we would lay out on aluminum blankets with Mazzola corn oil, my sister Yaya and I, and fry ourselves like eggs. But it was a pretty horrifying place to spend the summer. But I digress because it's not a bad place, I imagine, other times of the year. But no, the summer, no, forget it. But anyway, as the summer approaches, there's certain things I crave, and I know that you do too. Of course, I crave a frozen margarita, don't you? Or a frosé. Something I get really excited about come summer is watermelon. I mean, watermelon just makes you happy. It doesn't matter if you're a grown-up or a kid doesn't matter, you know, if you're gay or straight or tall or short or black or white or Southern or Yankee or Democrat or Republican. It's the great unifier, watermelon. We all love it. Can you think of a single person who doesn't love watermelon? I mean, forget about it. So in the kitchen, I've started adding to my dessert buffet of our beautiful sea salt brownies and chocolate chip cookies and baby pies and Oreo crack and all of the desserts we're famous for. I've started adding just a nice big tray or a nice big bowl of watermelon. And everyone just loses their mind, and the kitchen staff especially, because we don't want to eat anything we've cooked. We just cooked 20 filet mignons, and we don't want to eat filet mignon. We just made like a, you know, a bathtub of pasta. We don't want to eat pasta. We want to eat watermelon. And so... I've also found lots and lots and lots of creative things to do with it. I love kind of shoving it everywhere I can. I'll tell you, one hors d'oeuvre I do very often that is so easy and so perfect and everyone loves it. People ask me to do it all the time. And I'm always amazed because it's like, yes, I'm a chef and I can make some pretty friggin' intensely great food if I do say so myself. Thank you very much. 
But this is one that really doesn't require a chef. Your four-year-old could make it. And yet it's fabulous and people ask for it all the time. So you just cut watermelon into, let's say a bite-sized cube, but I'm Jewish, I like a big bite, so maybe a bite and a half. And you put that on a skewer, a bamboo skewer, and then you cut a piece of feta cheese into also a bite size, not as big as the watermelon because you can only put so much feta in your mouth, but a smaller cube. Put that on top of the watermelon on your skewer. Now that would be enough right then and there to have a fabulous hors d'oeuvre. But what I do is I lay them out on a tray and then I drizzle them with a little balsamic glaze, which is a beautiful thing. And sometimes I'll also give it a little pinch of freshly ground pepper and a little baby sprinkle of salt. Let me tell you something, that is the all time, most amazing, gorgeous hors d'oeuvre. People go nuts for it. And you could get fancy if you want. You could give it like a little chiffonade of fresh mint or fresh basil, but honestly, it doesn't need it. Just the watermelon and the feta and the balsamic glaze and a little fresh ground pepper and a little salt. It's a beautiful hors d'oeuvre, but that is just the beginning, my darling. So speaking of watermelon and feta, a watermelon and feta salad is just about the most gorgeous thing. And you know, there's a million ways to make it. So let's just start with cutting up watermelon. Now you do kind of want to try to plunk out the seeds as best you can, because it's a little bit annoying to get a lot of seeds in your salad. Or you could do what I do now and buy seedless watermelon. Yes, there is such a thing. And so you want to cut your watermelon into a small dice or whatever shape you want. You might even want to do little balls, watermelon balls, or cut the ball in half and get kind of like a half moon sort of thing. You cut it into whatever shape you want to eat in your salad. Now, feta cheese crumbled or cut into small cubes is a gorgeous thing in that salad. Fresh baby arugula is a gorgeous thing in that salad. Thin sliced red radish is a gorgeous thing in that salad. Beautiful black olives or kalamata olives in slivers or thin slices is a gorgeous thing in that salad. And there's no reason if you, you know, if you want, you can also throw in some nice thin half moons of cucumbers. I'm partial to doing English cucumber. All of that is beautiful, gorgeous, exciting. And there's no reason if you are so inclined to throw in some cherry tomatoes or beefsteak tomatoes. You know, watermelon and tomatoes like each other, believe it or not. Personally, usually I don't do the tomato because I want the watermelon to steal the show. But if you want to throw in tomato, no one's going to get mad at you. And you mix the whole thing up, and that's a gorgeous thing. Now you can throw in some fine chiffonade, that's fancy French talk, a fresh mint or fresh basil. It's a beautiful thing. And you could toss the whole thing up with a little bit of olive oil and toss it up again with a little bit of either lemon juice or balsamic vinegar or white balsamic vinegar. And you give it a little salt and pepper. I don't know, it's a pretty gorgeous thing. Now think about all those flavors. The radish loves it, the watermelon, cucumber, arugula, basil or mint or basil and mint. I've also done cilantro, believe it or not, and that's a gorgeous thing. So that's another exciting thing you can do with watermelon. It jazzes me up so much, but I'm not done. I got some really exciting stuff to tell you. Okay, so picture this. Watermelon pizza. 
Okay, that sounds a little weird, right? Well, we're just kind of calling it pizza, but it's not really a pizza. But you take the watermelon, you cut the whole watermelon kind of across, so you get these rings, let's say, mm, half inch thick, maybe. Sort of looks like a pizza by the time you're done, these giant rings of watermelon. And then with your giant ring, you can make it a dessert pizza where you spread like a nice Greek yogurt over it. And then you can sprinkle it with berries and strawberries and sliced grapes and fruit, mango, all sorts of things. You cut it into wedges like as if it's a pizza. So every wedge would first have the yogurt, like a Greek yogurt would work best. And maybe some raspberries and blueberries, maybe some slivered of almonds is a beautiful thing, or some diced mango. Can you imagine how beautiful that is? And you can sweeten it up with a little drizzle of honey. People would go nuts for that. A little drizzle of a nice dark organic maple syrup. People would go nuts for that. A little sprinkle of brown sugar. So that's like a dessert watermelon pizza. But here's a savory one. So you take your watermelon and then you go back again to your feta cheese. You give it a nice heavy crumble. You have that again that big slice that looks like a pizza. You give it a nice heavy crumble of feta cheese, a nice a couple of handfuls of slivered black Kalamata olives, a nice dice of tomato, some salt and pepper, some slivers of basil I think would be great in that. You cut it into your wedges and you get a sort of a feta olive tomato sort of savory watermelon pizza. Kind of interesting. You're like, but pizza should be hot, right? No, not always. Why does it have no rule? Now, speaking of hot, you could also take your watermelon, check this out, and cut it to, let's say, a serving wedge, if you like. Brush it in olive oil, sprinkle it with salt and pepper, and put it on the grill. I kid you not, grilled watermelon is delicious. Give it a good char of a few minutes on each side. Now you have this charred, gorgeous watermelon. So you have the sweet of the watermelon and that kind of barbecue char. And you can use that as a vehicle for almost anything. You could top it off with any kind of salsa. It's kind of a beautiful thing. I could do some bar, I would do like a barbecued corn salsa on that would be kind of exciting. You know, it's a gorgeous thing. Or you could take your smoky charred grilled pizza, you know, watermelon, and use that for your pizza and cover that with cheese and olives and tomatoes and everything. What do you think of that? Downright exciting. You see, watermelon is so versatile. I mean, it's almost like me. I'm as, almost as versatile as a watermelon, darling. What can I say? But I'm not even done. I love watermelon so much. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I thought that I knew that the only way to eat watermelon, and the only way to eat watermelon was a big, giant sort of triangle slice that my father would cut that was so big that you almost would dislocate your jaw trying to get it in your mouth, but we would anyway. And you just eat it like that, and you make a huge mess, and it was better to do it outside. And then all the bees and the mosquitoes would come after you, and you'd have to get hosed down. It was a big, terrible mess, but it didn't matter because it was delicious. But then when we traveled to the south, we went out to a big cookout, and I saw a whole bunch of people sitting outside by this bonfire, and they all had a slice of watermelon and a salt shaker. So what in the hell are these people doing? They were taking that salt shaker and salting the watermelon before they ate it. I never saw anything weirder in my life. 
course, now I understand the pleasures of giving salt and pepper and savory to something sweet. And so watermelon with a little salt and pepper is the beginning of all sorts of exciting things. But when I was a kid, I just had never seen anything weirder in my life. Now, when I started bartending for a living, oh my darling, well then, there was a whole new era of watermelon. Getting people drunk with watermelon, why not, you know? Well, of course, there was the drill, the whole pour vodka into the watermelon, let the whole watermelon be soaking the vodka thing. But eh, that was a little too 1970s and 1980s for my nerves. But it does like to be in a cocktail. So if you take watermelon and you kind of chunk out the seeds, because the seeds will be a bummer, you put it in your blender, puree, puree, puree in the blender. So that then becomes your vehicle for a beautiful watermelon margarita, of course. You give it a little bit of lime and your nice tequila of your, you know, whatever tequila you love. Now, at that point, you could almost drink it right then and there. You got lime and tequila and watermelon is a great thing. But normally a margarita wants a little bit of, a little bit of Cointreau or a little bit of triple sec. Although the watermelon is sweet enough that I would kind of put that in the optional category, I myself would still give it a little of either Grand Marnier or Cointreau or triple sec and make just a beautiful watermelon margarita. You know, it's a gorgeous thing. Or agave can also marry up with the watermelon nicely. But here's another thing. Have you had a frosé yet? Now, frosé is one of those things, sometimes you go to a place and it's downright delicious, like the best tasting thing you ever had. Sometimes I go to places and it just seems like they took all the wine that went bad, and instead of throwing it out, they froze it and gave it to you. It just tastes nauseating. I personally would make a frosé like by making just a gorgeous sangria using rosé. But if you want to make a watermelon frosé, now that's very exciting. So what you do is you puree your watermelon again, you get rid of the seeds, and then you put it into something to freeze it, like a, you know, a plastic container or whatever you want to put it in. Put it in the freezer and you freeze it. And you also want to so now you have this frozen watermelon juice it's a gorgeous thing so now in the blender you take your rosé you can also freeze your rosé too so you have a double frozen thing and you take your frozen watermelon and you puree the two and then you add whatever you want to add to it so if i'm gonna puree frozen watermelon with my rosé and i would probably also give it a little either a brandy or a cognac I think would be a nice thing in the frosé and some little bit of citrus maybe a little bit of lime would be nice it's a gorgeous thing so think about watermelon being thrown into your frosé and thrown into your frozen margarita I mean it just likes to be you know it likes to get you wasted man what can I say that's like me back to the 70s it's all about getting wasted you would do anything and be like, oh man, I gotta get wasted. I never understood that because I don't gotta get wasted. I don't wanna get wasted. I love being alive and I'm not trying to hide from it. I'm not trying to run from it. But I do like myself a good frozen margarita and a good frosé. So enter the watermelon. But I digress, par usual, my darlings. So what I would say to you is to celebrate our diversity. Celebrate how different we all are. 
Celebrate whether you're tall or short or black or white or Jewish or Christian or gay or straight or Democrat or Republican or American or Chinese or whatever you are. Celebrate that by recognizing that we all like watermelon, for crying out loud. So make some fabulous watermelon recipes and share it with people who are different than you. Share it with someone you have nothing in common with. And you'd be surprised how you'd start to get along just because you'd be loving eating that watermelon so much that you'd start really getting along. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. Give it a shot. It's worth it, right? Like, is there someone out there that you really hate and you hate them for no reason whatsoever other than you don't like the way they look or dress or act? Well, first of all, that's really pathetic. Get over yourself immediately. Life is short. Wait, why don't you go up to them and offer them some watermelon? It's a really good way to make friends, you know what I mean? Watermelon, by the way, also likes being in gazpacho. Like, I do a chilled Moroccan tomato soup I'm really famous for, and I make it a little differently every time. But the idea is that I puree fresh tomatoes and cilantro and cumin and coriander and celery and jalapeno and fresh orange juice, and I will also give it some fresh ground pepper and puree, 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 my darling. And I really build it up to a nice zingy, 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 zingy kind of a spicy gazpacho flavor, but the cumin and the coriander takes it a little bit Moroccan. And I puree it a lot because I like to serve it as an hors d'oeuvre in a shot glass. But I basically do the same thing, only I add to this beautiful mix fresh watermelon juice. So then you've got the jalapeno and the cumin and the coriander and the cilantro and the garlic and the fresh orange juice and the watermelon juice and the hint of lemon. You know, it's a beautiful thing, a watermelon, spicy Moroccan watermelon gazpacho. I don't even have a name for it. That actually I do, a spicy watermelon gazpacho. Mm, I don't know, not bad, right? Anyway, so why don't you try these things? Give your kids some watermelon pizza for dessert. This way you'll get them to eat all of their fruit. You just put the Greek yogurt on it and all their favorite berries and fruits and slivered almonds, pistachios, all that kind of stuff. They're going to love it. And then for a great party favor, try the savory watermelon or the grilled watermelon with the savory topping of the feta and the olive and the tomato and the beautiful basil. I mean, it's a gorgeous thing. You know, people are just going to be so impressed with you. And of course, you could do the simple watermelon and feta brochettes with a balsamic glaze. By the way, if you don't have balsamic glaze, you can make your own. You just get a nice balsamic vinegar. You put it in a pot and you cook it and reduce and reduce and reduce forever until it's thick and syrupy. And I will usually season mine or I'll put a clove of garlic in it while I'm reducing it. I'll give it a pinch of salt and pepper, you know, because I like to play. But you could go ahead and make your own. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Lately, I've been saying some really strange things. They come out of my mouth, and I think it's my childhood erupting out of my mouth. Like I got a call from Charmuffy the other day, and she said, How you doing, Rossi? And I said, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'll live to fight another day. She said, I like that. Where did that come from? I said, I have no idea. And when I was at the Dyke March, the Gina and Luna, we were joking around, and someone made a joke, and I don't even remember what they said. And I said, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. 
And they said, where'd that come from? I have no idea. It's like my childhood has been erupting out of my mouth lately. I don't know. I mean, I spent my entire childhood trying really hard to be a grown-up and succeeding pretty well, if you ask me. Like, I was the oldest four-year-old you ever met in your life. I remember being six years old and feeling exhausted by life. It made me believe in reincarnation. But now here I am, you know, quite a few years later. I'm not going to say how many. And all of a sudden, all this kid stuff's coming out of my mouth. I want to eat watermelon pizzas, Mom. I want them now. So, all right, maybe I'm regressing, but why not? You know what? Life is for living. I want to have fun. Girls just want to have fun. And, you know, we all have a little kid in us. Anyway, go make some friends. Share some watermelon. Try some fun watermelon recipes. And get your groove on. Happy summer, everyone. And as always, food is love. And so are you, baby. Now go out and share that love and share some watermelon too. You know, life is short. Get your joy on. Adios.